Today's episode is brought to you by DNA Sports Training. If you or someone you know wants to take their game to the next level, then hit up DNA Sports Training. Visit dnasportsdenver.com to book a training session. We offer specialized training from football to track and field and everything else in between. Whether you're an offensive or defensive lineman wanting to get better off the ball, or you're an athlete wanting to improve your speed and agility, we have something for you over at DNA Sports. Go visit dnasportsdenver.com now and sign up. Yo, yo. What up, brother? What up, man? Back again, episode nine. Episode nine. Go get your nine. Another beautiful day. It is nice outside, bro. It's not super hot yet, but I know it's getting there. So, but I know with the way that it felt yesterday, like yeah. it felt like falls right around the corner, dude. Yes, that's for sure. Like we're about to get uh, get cool out here. I love it. That's my favorite time of the year. Cool mornings, cool nights. <sighs> dude, football. 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 It's in the air. And then you got. Hockey training camp starting, which is funny because they just ended. You got NBA training camps be starting the end of September. Man, baseball's just starting to get into watchable baseball because it goes into the playoffs in October. It's a great time of the year, bro. Great um, time for sports. Dog days of summer, but dog days are coming to an end. You see a lot of these teams, they uh, just finished up like training camp, and now they're getting into their official actual practices and whatnot. Yeah, um, joint practices. Yeah, dude. Like, it's uh, it's a great time for – for sports and it's a great time for football and super stoked man i can't wait to uh to get into our for our first games and we've been practicing and you know some of our athletes that we've coached previous stops along the way they're getting into their first games and scrimmages and um it's awesome man i, I yeah. love this time of year yeah me too for sure and for speaking of practice again remember go to dna sports denver.com book a session you know it's always going to make you better as an athlete even during season you have your spare time, you know, instead of sitting around at home, you know, doing nothing. If your body's feeling right and you're nurturing your body properly and treating yourself right, go ahead and book a session at dnasportsdamper.com. I'm excited, man. I got I got one tomorrow. I'm supposed to have one tomorrow. Um, I'm going to reach out and confirm that again. But got one tomorrow, speed and agility with a young athlete that plays soccer that wants to get faster wants to be able to compete a little bit better on the field so that's awesome working out with them tomorrow and and uh this should be a good time i know we've got a bunch of stuff coming up with just individual trainings you've been doing with defensive linemen one that you said uh made the made the team huh oh yeah he's got a starting job um defense tackle you know he's doing his thing and 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 he's been putting in hard work you know but since we got together i could already see the progression um but, you know, he has all the intangibles, the mechanics that you need to play the position. And uh, he has the work ethic. So good for him, you know. And uh, we're going to continue to get better. And now we're going to work towards achieving his goals. And, you know, shortly you'll be able to see what his goals are on our uh, social media platform or whatever. Because we did film a little bio where I had him explain who he was and what school he goes to and what were his goals with this training and we're definitely going to see uh, a little bit of progression in his his gameplay. Well, I think that's it too. Like if you're if you're listening, or you know somebody that you have an athlete that maybe is a cousin or relative or whatever, I think that's the important thing too. It's not just about. I mean, it's not just about um, you know you stop working hard during everything else, right? Like yeah. this is just like sometimes it's it's cool to put. If you work hard, it's sometimes it's cool to put somebody else that coaches hard together with you so that you can kind of unlock different areas of your game that you haven't unlocked yet or that maybe this coach is able to reach you in that area, whereas some others haven't. Um, I definitely think it's a great opportunity, and I'm not just trying to sell the company because I, I was sell the hell out of the company, but yeah. I think it's a great opportunity for parents, for athletes, um, just to get a, a leg up, man, a leg up on the competition. There's a lot of kids out there these days that are going out for soccer, going out for yeah. football, and it's good to have a, a little bit of a leg up. And if you can put some extra work in with some coaches that might have a different point of view than you have or than you've been given before, I think it's a great opportunity to do. And we encourage you guys to hit us up, dnasportsdenver.com, and 
uh, sign up for, for a training, reach out to us. If you want to talk about like, Hey, you know, I got a kid that wants to get faster. How can we do that? Can we put a plan together? We can do all that stuff, excuse me, to make sure that your athlete is uh, maximizing their potential. Yeah, for sure. And you know, another great aspect, I think this, during this time, we're probably going to see a lot of more of our younger demographic booking sessions because they don't practice as frequently as the high school athletes it's do. It's true. Um, however, for all those high school athletes out there, you know, I just want to remind everybody that we do have classroom sessions where we break down film and, and teach you how to break down your own film and grade yourself and, you know, continuously improve in the classroom when it comes to the football aspect of the game and, you know, talk X's and O's and some chalk talk and, you know, prepare yourself for that aspect of football because there will be a big portion of that and film study is so important going forward yep. in high school and in your collegiate career. So make sure you check us out at dnasportsdenver.com. Always available for consultation, always coaching. Um, you know, speaking of coaching, Dom, getting into our first topic today. Man. And we're going to, you know, we, we've got some other stuff to talk about, some awesome UFC fights last night. Yeah. We, we can dive into that too. But this first one, man, we, we missed it last week a little bit. Um, you know, and I feel bad for missing it. Uh, but um, last week there was a, uh, a youth football coach that was murdered yeah. on the field in front of his team, in front of his family, uh, in front of his team family. Um, and I uh, just wanted to touch on it a little bit. It was definitely um, – Definitely a travesty. Uh, it happened in uh, Lancaster, Texas. Yeah. The coach's name was Michael Hickman. And uh, there was an altercation on the field after, apparently after um, some disagreement with, with officiating from, from one of the teams. And uh, apparently, allegedly, someone kicked the ball out of the coach's hands, which led to a, the, a fight and which led to this coach being shot and killed on the field. Um, they took him to a hospital where he was DOA. Um, it, it just highlights so much just senseless nonsense to me, bro. Like it's such a sad thing. Um, the, the the I don't want to call it the the t the like irony in it or any. I don't know what necessarily what I'm thinking. What the word I want to find for that was, but the the person that's accused of killing uh, Michael Hickman is. Uh, Yakub Yakub Talib Yakub Talib that's yeah. Akib Talib's uh, brother, uh, former Denver Bronco cornerback, NFL cornerback, and um, you know I don't think that should be necessarily the story because when 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 these people are are senselessly killed, I think we highlight the killer a lot more than yeah. we probably should. Um, I think just highlighting this wonderful coach is 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 more due than to necessarily highlight the the killer, but. Like I said, before the shooting, the opposing coaching staff were arguing about calls by the refs, according to the police report, citing witnesses. Um, there was video out yeah, of, of, the, of them swinging the, the marker, and, and then you see someone pull out the gun, and uh, they, they stop playing the video. And you know, it's sad. It's senseless crime, man. Like, it, it's just a shame that we can't even go to our children's games anymore without someone taking a gun. Yeah. You know, like, why are you taking a gun to a youth game anyway? What are you afraid of, bro? You can't just squabble real quick, you know what I mean? Get it over with and fight and get, and you know, you shouldn't be fighting there, period. But if it escalates to that, you can't just handle it like men and fight and then move on about your business even though you know it's not the right way to handle it I it's better than saying. pulling out a gun at a youth event For and, sure. and and just shoot and senseless senseless senselessly excuse me and you know what if a stray bullet would have caught a child you know yeah thank god like you know well it was more that than happened. one shot and, dude yeah i know and you know Rest in peace to Michael Hickman. You know, again, we don't speak enough about the victims, like you said, and especially, you know, if if it's a, a crime that the media really doesn't want to talk about because it's not bringing in the views that they want it to bring in, you know, and it's not bringing in the attention that other crimes would be if it was maybe interracial or whatever the case may be, you know. But the fact of the matter is, is... This man who dedicates his time to sports, you know, played sports collegiately as well and is dedicating his time to 
better our communities and you know we're not talking about him and what he's doing for the community and and rest in peace and shout out to him and his family you know they're going through some tough times right now and uh it's just a shame that that this is what it's coming to nowadays well i think you touched on it too bro why the f are you bringing a a a gun to a football game for you know if you're that worried about security or the, the area i mean you can hire we can hire security people. You know, te- football's big in Texas, and they're also big on protecting their kids sometimes. You know? Yeah. We've seen some different situations where it's different. But, you know, hire security. Hire somebody else to do that. Well, you it know? goes to ma- make you think, right? Because Aqib Tlaib was right there when it happened. Yep. So was his brother his security? Perhaps. And is that going to be their defense? That they were afraid because the guy was swinging a down marker at him, so a down marker – is reason to pull out a firearm and shoot them like you're an NFL player you got hit way harder than that on the field yeah and you mean to tell me that you have your brother packing heat so he can protect you because someone's swinging a down mark at you that's a bunch of bs dude the thing that frustrates me and and I'm not this can this can come out wrong and I'm not victim blaming at all I don't want that to come off like that but we just you know we got to know when to walk away yep you know, and I, I try to preach this to kids all the time. And, you know, there's been instances where I, I, I've wanted to push things further because somebody did did me wrong or, you know, disrespected me. And it, on both ends, if, if somebody just chooses to walk away, it doesn't escalate. And, you know, if, if you're on a football field with a gun as security – you got to know when to walk away then if that's the case, right? Well, yeah, and you, and you think about the bigger picture, right? Because you have to walk away, and especially in a sports environment, this is this is why we have so many participation trophies nowadays because yeah. they're trying to take the, the competition aspect out of the game because so many parents or coaches are arguing with officials over a play call. Yeah. Or getting into fights on the sideline because of a play call. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, whether it's a bad call well, or a good call, it you know, it's their job. Yeah. Every call is going to be questioned. Yeah. So it's just, it it's sad that, you know, we take this game and we get so personal with it to where it escalates to these altercations instead of just, you know, well, even, taking it for what it is. Even like you're saying, and we're, we're going to talk about officiating later. You know, and this is a big part of a part of the problem. Um, even then, like you said your piece. Now, now walk away from the referee. Yeah. Like you said your piece. You know, if parents see you going wild, what do you think they're going to do? Yeah. They're going to start going wild and they're going to start raining in on everybody. Um, you're you're as a coach, you're supposed to be even kill, right? You're supposed to be the leader for yeah. your team. And that's not just your players. Unfortunately, that means the people in the stands, as far as you control yeah. your emotion, their emotions feeding off of yours, right? Yeah. So if you're getting worked up, arguing and yelling at the referee, what do you think they're going to start doing? They're going to start yelling at the referee. They're going to start blaming the referee too because you've kind of set that tone. And it's, again, it's unfortunate. I've been there where referees have really, really put their stamp on the game and it sucks when it happens, but man, it's just unfortunate that it led to this. Um, well, another thing, dude, is the parents, right? Parents have to realize that and appreciate the fact that these coaches have their children for several hours during the week, yeah. right? An equal split, honestly. Yeah, a lot of times. About it, a lot it's of like times. an equal split, honestly, a lot of the times. And you have to appreciate them for what they're doing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of the altercations sometimes have nothing to do with the officials. Sometimes it's a parent on the sideline complaining because little Johnny didn't get enough playing time or you pulled my son out when we were up 25 to zero and you played another kid. Why did you do that? Right. You know what I mean? Like there's always going to be somebody that questions an official's call, a head coaching decision, regardless of it, you know, and unfortunately people can't put their own grievances aside for just a little while to allow the game to simmer, resolve, and just, you know, ask the question later in a professional setting, like an adult would. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, unfortunately, you have to, as a coach, put in the 24-hour rule. Yep. You know, where, hey, let, I know you're upset or I know you're not happy, but let's talk about this tomorrow. 
give us 24 hours to stew, yeah. simmer, and chill, right? Yep. Because <clears throat> football's emotional. Sports, athletics, an emotional game. When you're dealing with somebody's children, yep. that's an emotional, you know, thing. Um, but I think as parents, we got to remember, like, this person that's coaching my kid doesn't necessarily have to do this. Yep. A lot of these Voluntary. people are volunteers, right? A lot of these people don't get paid. And if they do get paid, they don't get paid very much, you know? And it's one of those things, like, you got you to gotta respect that. Yeah. And you got to respect that time. I, I heard you mention just a little bit ago that no one's really – no one really talks about these kind of violent interactions mm-hmm. too much. It doesn't get the same play as someone getting murdered by a black man getting murdered by a white cop yep. or a brown guy getting murdered by a white cop. It, is, it doesn't get that same play. And uh, Jason Whitlock, uh, he's a he got the Fearless podcast now, but he used to be yeah. on like ESPN, used to be on Fox Sports. I don't know if he's, he still is. I know the everyone gets these podcasts and they they take off, and it's a better avenue for you to do your thing and have your voice than say conventional radio or whatever so Whitlock was wondering on his podcast and he made some very very valid points kind of similar to the one that you just kind of brought up and you know he thought it was was, he was wondering where the outrage was in the sports world you know when some of these uh, people were were murdered by the cops whether justified or not some of them you know they weren't justified at all yeah but that's a different conversation but um you know, the sports world came out in support and wearing Say Her Name shirts or, you know, George Floyd shirts. And, you know, it, it was very, very big. And yeah. he was he was wondering why it was so quiet. There's no one mentioning um, Michael uh, Hickman. Hickman's name. Sorry. Um, no one's mentioning his name in the sports world. There aren't any protests in the sports world, you know, protesting this sort of violence towards a for all accounts, a very, very stand-up individual. Uh, uh, As you mentioned, a former college athlete, a coach. He works with young people all the time. Been doing it for a while. There's no crazy outrage, you know? And it just, it led me to wonder, because he went off, he went off on a a pretty big, uh, pretty big rant with it, man. And kind of tied it to the fact that, like, popular culture would rather have you idolize, um, sketchy yeah minority individuals opposed to clean cut minority individuals and i do see that a lot in some of the stuff that we see you know like there's there's conspiracies about like hip-hop being infiltrated and by the cia and being allowed to kind of proliferate drug violence and um, drug lifestyle opposed to some of the cats that rap about real stuff that you they're kind of suppressed they're not as pushed the you know it's not the popular thing and uh, some of the some interesting quotes that he went, you know, that he had, because he went on to kind of suggest that corporate media prefers uh, black uh, broadcasters that have street credibility. Oh, yeah. Which is wild. But then you start thinking about, I don't know, is, is it just because they're, 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 maybe they're a little more flamboyant, you know what I mean? Maybe they're more made for the microphone on some, some cats. Maybe it's just an individual thing. I think that's kind of a, a broad judgment. But it, it does kind of lend some, some, some thought to that. Yeah, for sure. You know, I I think you know as far as 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 media goes, I just think you know if you're you're made for it, you're made for it. You know, whether doesn't matter, and I'm not going to get into it too much. But to me, it doesn't matter whether you're, you know, whether your race or your your gender, anything of that nature. You know what I mean? I think if you're good on camera and you can speak on a microphone, you're going to be in entertainment, and I think that's just the way it goes. However. You know, I do think that as a culture, you know, we we kind of stop, lose sight of what's important, you know what I mean? And the fact that we just don't want any of these senseless murders, whether no. it's interracial or... Yeah, it doesn't matter. Race, bad is bad. Race crime, yeah, bad is bad. And, and we got to start, you know, treating all the victims exactly the same and... And making sure that everybody knows their name, especially when it comes to a crime of that's so senseless like this one. You know what I mean? I can see if it's just, you know, the normal in the neighborhood kind of gang activity, senseless crime, you know, and we again, we got to kind of right minimize that as well you know but this isn't typical you know, like that. Though. Yeah, this is not a typical crime and, and, and Michael Hickman should be 
talked about just like everybody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, These were nine-year-olds, bro. They didn't deserve to see their coach get gunned down. Like, like how many of them the don't want to step lives. on the field ever again because they're worried about something like that happens? Or if they are on the field and coaches start arguing or the referee starts arguing with the coach, that doesn't bring back those triggers. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like, yep. do um, – Whitlock had a quote. It says, you can discern the agenda of corporate and social media by the names um, names of black people are told to shout, the victims who are told to be idolized, and the men deemed worthy of outpouring emotion. And that one stuck with me a lot, man, because yeah. as we mentioned, Mike Hickman was a college graduate, father, husband, active member of his church, a volunteer football coach. He, you know, he met all the criteria to be a stand-up individual in the community, um, you know, and I don't know. I, I I wonder here. I think Whitlock does have a point. I mean, in my opinion, everything comes from the media at times, and on social media, it does seem to be pointed. You know, yeah. it has a direction in which it's kind of trying to lead you. And we as humans, we're emotional. You know, we're emotional beings, and our reaction sometimes is built off of emotion. And it seems like the media does a great job with kind of triggering those emotions. And it can be on anything, man. During COVID, it was about triggering emotions on people wearing masks and not wearing masks and yeah. getting getting pe people wild up to want to confront people that weren't wearing them and then they did the vaccine and you could just see it with everything man that anything on tv is always built to kind of pique our interest like the the advertisement on tv you know it's it's louder it's kind of popular you know what i mean and you can kind of feel that sometimes with the, depending on which news network you watch it's pointed in a certain direction for you to kind of kind of lean towards so yeah I, I do think he has a point with that in there in which you know we got to do better as people to not just be pulled in a direction because we're being told that but to actually see things like this that are happening and, and really feel outrage i feel outraged about this and i feel the same kind of outrage when i see like you know death weekend death totals in chicago or here at home because yeah here at home's turning into a battle zone you know what i think that that we all have to realize and we touched base on technology last week and and kind of some of the you know what technology can do for us well we got to realize that technology provides us all a voice yep. right and that when we see some of these senseless crimes that aren't being talked about need to be talked about or you know that's what these platforms are for that's what social media is for is is freedom of speech and being able to you know speak about your beliefs i think some people get lost in facebook and use it as a as a platform to cry about the senseless bs that no one cares about instead of really talking about what matters in your community you know what i mean yeah. like i think we need to use these platforms to speak about the positive that's going on and also speak about the negative that we want to eradicate from our communities and and uh you know i just think that we need to be better at using the platforms that are ahead of us in order to you know, get the right word out there, just like the podcasts that we reference. Yeah, um, I mean, oh, sorry, I'm going to cut you off. It's so frustrating because you're right. Social media is such a good tool for connecting us to the world and connecting us with other people, and we just need to use it more in that manner. Yeah. I was thinking two years ago we did our march. Yeah. Um, I think it's like two years on the 21st or something like that. We, we do. were doing our march, you know what I mean? And yeah. we connected with the community, and it was a peace march, and it was a great thing. But, you know, the work's never done, unfortunately. Like, yeah. The work is never done. Yeah, you know, and, and there are good things going on in our community. You know, they have these safe zones that they do, you know, very often over at Manuel High School. And, and it's a great thing to see it on Facebook and see them opening up this safe zone and this community sort of block party for our youth so that way they can know they can go do something that they enjoy and be safe at the same time you know so big shout out to them for always having the safe zones over at manual high school and i think we need to spread some more of those throughout the state spread that love not that hate yep um but you know before we move on from this i want to just touch base on mike hickman and his family again you know deepest condolences to their family Absolutely. it has been a hard hard time for him like i said he was a former college athlete and he is also you know just recently they had lost jennifer hickman it's who tough. happens to be also a former athlete and a mentor slash coach that she was also murdered so you know it's it, his sister right or she's a teacher yeah she was murdered in 2020 and yeah. you know it's just a shame that you know, both of them were both collegiate athletes turned around and doing something positive in the community, and they both got 
murdered senselessly and, and we're not talking enough about them. So, yep. you know, um, rest in peace, Jennifer Hickman and Michael Hickman. Oh, man. So we kind of touched on officiating there. And I know you yeah. had a, you had an interesting little story that you were talking about earlier about officiating, man. I think uh, I think we need to get the word out. Yeah, man. You know, I think just with referee shortages, it's it's kind of going a little bit crazy throughout the nation, really. But locally here in Colorado, we're starting to see it impact a lot more scheduling of games. You know, at the youth level, we're seeing games going a little bit later and outside the normal time frame because we have to kind of utilize the referees in one day to ref to make it multiple happen. games, you know what I mean? Um, so shout out to those refs that are working hard to make this happen. But in the high school, we're seeing scheduling where it's impacting Friday night lights as we know it, man. So they're starting to take a lot of the Friday night lights games and moving them to either Thursdays or Saturdays. And so far for this season, in order to get through this season, they had to bump 60 high school football games in order to get see the season through. And, and that wow. sucks when you're talking about Friday night lights, man. That's the culture of high school football. So... You know, hopefully we can figure this out with, with officials soon. I know it's a, a shortage of employment all over, but, yeah. you know, officiating is a tough job, and I wish we can kind of appreciate them more, like I was saying earlier, and they're going to call a good call for you. It may be a bad call for me, but we all just got to quit bitching and just live with it. It's the game. Dude, um, that story that you sent, it, it did mention them 50 from Friday night. and it, it, Friday night, I know Friday night doesn't seem like a big deal. Hey, there's Thursday, there's Saturday. I noticed some that doesn't seem like a big deal. But Friday night lights is so important to football that the NFL has an unspoken agreement that they will never play a game on Friday night. Yeah. Just so that they don't take over that time for high school football. It, That's how important Friday night lights is to football. And it, it's just unfortunate, man. Yeah, and, you know, people don't realize that in some small towns throughout the nation, there are several football towns that just appreciate Friday Night Lights yeah. to where it's not just a football game. It's a community event. Dude. You know, we were at Mead yep. last uh, two years ago, two years ago, and we're traveling to play Mead on a Friday Night Light, and the town was It was empty. rocking. Because they're all at the game. Yeah. And the game is rocking. We're in the booth, right, for this particular game. And it feels like there's an earthquake underneath <laughs> us because it's shaking because they're just loving it. And it, the environment was great, man. Oh, it was fantastic. You know, we were on the opposing team that day. But just being in that environment and seeing Friday Night Lights. It was definitely and, and a definition of a hostile it, environment. It, it is just such a great thing. So. You know, to see 60 football games rescheduled because of officials, it's yeah. pretty sad. Dude, um, I lived out in Grand Junction for a little bit. And so there's like four high schools that play at that local Grand Junction Stadium, Palisade, Grand Junction, Grand Junction Central, and Fruita Monument. Yeah. And every game, both sets of stands, and there are full stands on both sides, both sets of stands full. Every single game, yeah. like you're getting everyone to show up. Like you said, it's an event. It's a the town shuts down. Um, for, ask Frank about this. Our senior year, we went and played up at Rifle. Yeah. And, dude, the same thing. Yeah. We get up there. We're thinking We're thinking good of ourselves. We had a, a solid team. And then the freaking town showed up, dude. And we had, like, six sets of parents that showed up for ours. You know, it's a long drive from here to Rifle. But it was just intense to see, bro. And it, that's, what, that's what that small town love, uh, love of football is, man. And I was seeing that they only have, like, 19 crews in the Denver Metro. Yeah, it says approximately 50,000 officials have left the high school ranks nationally since wow. the 2018-2019 school year. Dude, I used to I used to umpire and I used to referee some flag football. I worked for this company called Rocky Mountain Officials and shout out to them. They're cool. I mean, I could probably still do it again if I wanted to apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a tough gig, bro. Me and my son used to do it. My oldest son AJ, he was like 13, 14 years old and they they let you officiate at 13. And uh, I'd go with him and do games. He'd do games by himself. And it didn't matter. These coaches were yelling at these 13 and 15 and 14-year-old kids like they're, you know, because they, they made, uh, allegedly made a bad call. Yeah. And that that's kind of the reason why, right? I mean, you know we're having a shortage of everything since the pandemic or whatever the case may be. But at the same time, man, it's because – People are assaulting these referees. Yep. People are following them back to their cars. Yep. I mean, we've had incidents here locally where yep. a, a dad and a son were beat up. A dad, just like you said, you and your son were a referee dad yep. son combo. Yep. 
same situation and they got beat up because of a bad call. I remember that. that you know what I mean? And I just think that, again, a bad call to me could be a good call for you. Yeah. A good call for me could be a bad call for you. And we have to realize that. We have to realize that they're all judgment calls, yep. right? They're making judgment calls and game time speed. So just like without the, this is, I think we get used to like the NFL and MLB now and NBA, they all have replay, right? Yeah. So they, I think we get used to this idea that they should be perfect because these guys in the NFL, NBA, they're all perfect because they got the benefit of, of technology to get the call right. And that's not the case at all. There, there is no replay in Colorado sports. Like it, you're seeing it based off of your judgment. Like you said, you know, you know, it, it's hard to, it, it's hard to, to, and I bet on both ends of it, it's hard. Well, as spectators, I think we often get lost in taking our knowledge of the sport that we love and thinking that every decision is made with the same kind of intensity or in the same environment in which we're spectating the game from. True. If we're sitting in the stands or we're sitting at home and there's a bad call, we're not in the environment in which the call was made, so we can't judge that call. You know, of course, we're all going to say, oh, that was a bullshit call, ref, or this and that in our head, especially if we're at home and we're in the losing team and yeah. we're driving and it they it stalls our drive. You know, we all been there. Yeah. But at the end of the day, before we start bitching at the refs excessively to where it turns into these situations or refs start quitting, we need to realize that that ref is human and that ref made a judgment call and his decision may not even be the decision yep. he would make if he rewatched it. Yep. But at the time of the moment, that's the decision he made, and we all have to live with it. Yeah. You know, and, and like you said, he's, he's, he's human, too. He's not perfect. He makes mistakes. We all make mistakes, you know. So you got to keep that in mind and respect that aspect of it, too. Um, it, 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 I can understand why people are not trying to be officials. It's, yeah. you know, it, it is decent money. Like, I know... I was making anywhere from like twenty five to like forty five bucks a game. Sometimes yeah. we get like, like well, I, four, like six or seven games in. Oh, bro! I think it's so. I had we had our uh, meeting, our league meeting for our roles yeah. a few weeks back or whatever, and they were talking about this exact thing and and why some of our scheduling is we're playing later games and the reason behind it and yeah. and we we're talking about officials, and they said that they're looking for officials if we know anybody. You know, and they're paying them seventy five dollars a game. Wow! And some officials are, you know, now they're putting them to where they're getting multiple games a day. They're paying high, better at the youth level, in some cases for than high school. That's why. That's high another reason like, why some of these yep. these guys are leaving because at the youth level they're making double the amount they would. And maybe not as intense, depending game. on the league. You know, it's not going to be as crazy. Makes sense, man. The difference is, though, as a high school official, right, you don't have to deal with a lot of as much of the heckling and and harassment. I mean, you get it in the high school game. You hear our parents. No, no, no. You get it in the (laughs) high school game, right? But what I'm saying is it's not up close in your face like that. There's more more security precautions to keep them away from the officials so the officials can hear it. But at a youth game, we're face to face. Yeah, we're right there. It's like, hey, you you know what I mean? Like, so, you know, I, it's a tough job, bro. And I, I give it up to officials. I definitely have had my say to officials. Like I've, you know, yeah, I, I, we've coached. I mean, <laughs> I won't mention the game or the or the team that we were playing, but I remember this this official kind of uh, very strongly shoved move. Coach Dom out the way. Yeah, and uh, you know, so there's there's faults there too. But you know, I'll give it up to the officials every time, man. It's a tough job. I. I don't do it anymore just because I didn't want to deal with pissed off coaches, pissed off parents. Um, listen, what happened happens like that. It, it's just, it's a tough job, man. And so if they can make some bank off of it, I encourage people to go be an official. You yeah. know, if you got thick skin, like go for it. We definitely need you. Officials serve just as much as a purpose to the game as the coaches. players and coaches do. Yep. You know what I mean? For sure. But you said something right there. That they got to remember, thick skin, mm. right? If you're going to be official and you're going to go out there to make that money and you want to rack in as many games as you possibly can in one Saturday afternoon, 
By the time you get to the fifth game, don't take out your frustrations from game one, two, and three, and four on that fifth game. <laughs> have, have thick skin It goes both ways If you want parents and coaches to stay off your back Don't bring your negative energy into the game Because it happens well, We I all think understand it, we're all human One thing I've seen leagues do And I think our league does something similar And I think some of the high school leagues do it now too Is they're starting to have Harsher uh, penalties oh, yeah. For parents, for coaches who kind of crossed that line, yep. you know, uh, suspensions, fines. Rightfully so, too. Um, I think we had a parent last year that got suspended for, like, the, the remainder of the season, and I think they can, quote, go to a Chassa event for, like, a year because of um, some way they were treating officiating and security. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things, dude, where you kind of see it happen a lot, and I think it's, I think it's good to kind of try to rein people in, get off these people back. I understand – been there, done that. Trust me. Been coaching a long time. I've seen so many calls that I feel like were just horrible. But then I seen some bad ones that worked to our favor too. Yeah, and hey, I, I didn't like. A, I didn't mind those ones too much. I love a bad call that goes the right way. <laughs> <laughs> they call that that lucky bounce, right? Yeah. Sometimes you just got to uh, take advantage of those situations and and be thankful that you get them. But like I said, shout out to the referees. You know, they try to try to help keep us right. Uh, speaking about keeping us right, though, Dom. Yeah. Yo, shout out to my boy Christian Whitney and Black Sevens. Uh, if you need any graphic design work, make sure you hit up Christian at BlackSevens.com. Christian's a native of North Denver and he's the beast at what he does. He is also a great dude. So uh, visit his website, BlackSevens.com, right now. See his work, buy some merch. You know, if you're starting your own company up, shoot him, shoot him the inquiry. Let him put something together for you. He, again, he's amazing at what he does. When we had the idea for DNA, Dom took it to him. He said, Christian, this is what I need. And uh, he was Barry Bonds on that thing, bro. He hit it out the park. So shout out to Christian Whitney, BlackSevens.com. Again, make sure you go visit him. Visit what they're doing over there. And if you need that work, go get that work. Yeah, for sure. Shout out to Christian, man. He definitely did hit it out the park. And speaking of hitting it out the park, man, you got a nice little episode coming up here right now, this little segment into this. So in the professional world, they call that a segue, coach. Yes, sir. And I do, man. I got a really good story. Uh, again, it's one that we missed last week, and how we missed this, I don't know. But uh, it's an amazing, amazing story of a young man who – persevered through a lot of things yeah. to get to where he is at. Shouts um, out to him. Speaking of Winton Bernard, he is a 31-year-old who was just called up to the majors after 10 years and 863 games in the minors. Uh, yeah. The Colorado Rockies called him up last Friday, um, immediately made an impact on the game. Uh, he came in in the seventh inning and sparked a, a, a seventh-run rally that helped the Rockies uh, win that game. Uh, it's crazy. Received a huge standing ovation at the plate for the first time. I mean, dude, he's 31 years old. And like I said, he spent, he was drafted in 2012 in the 35th round. I don't know how familiar you are with the draft. Okay. They got like 40 rounds in the MLB draft. Them guys that are in like 30 and beyond, they don't usually make it through the minors. Like it's a, it's a, it's a freaking grind. Yeah. And this guy put up 10 years of that. Yeah, hey, man, it just shows that hard work, believing in yourself, and perseverance truly does pay off, you know. Shouts out to him for continuing to grind, you know, and work and push through, even when a lot of people would have gave up and, you know, said, you know what, I did this for a long time. I'm not going to finally get there. And he didn't, and he chose to stick it out and continue to work his tail off. And now it's showing, man, because he's definitely making an impact. Bro, it was um, it was amazing, dude. Uh, there was a, uh, a Instagram video of the phone call he made to his mom. Oh yeah, and it freaking it gave me the chills, bro. Yeah, he's like, "Mama, I made it! I finally made it!" Like, just to hear the joy in in his voice, man. And again, ten years is a long time to be playing minor league baseball. I don't know if you know anything about minor league baseball, but they don't get paid like the major league baseball players hey, do. Ten years is a long time <laughs> to be doing anything, you know, um, especially when 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 it's something that you're that is. And again, I'm not trying to call them. Uh, you know, whoever's in the minors, shouts out to them for being in the minors. But you know, 
it's almost of a stepping stone, you know, a plateau or a level before they get to the majors. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, so 10 years to be, you know, in the minors to work your tail off to get to where you're at, man, that has to be tough, bro. Like I said, like every day thinking like, Dude, so, I want to just hang it up. So listen to this path. He was taken in the 35th round in 2012. Uh, I believe it was by the Padres. He spent time in the Padres minor system. He also played in the minor systems for Detroit. San Francisco, and the Cubs, along with stints in the Mexican Winter League, the Venezuelan Winter League, and Independent Ball. Uh, he also played for the Brisbane Bandits of the Australian Baseball League. Uh, it's just an incredible story of perseverance, man. Never give up on your dreams. Like This dude had a dream to play baseball at the highest level, and to try to reach his dream, he went and played everywhere. And I mean literally everywhere, you know. Latin America for the winter time, you know it, it's 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 freaking crazy, dude. And you know, I I I like for any of my kids that I coach, any any of my my kids, uh, you know, to look at that story and be inspired by it because never give up, dude. It, it, it sounds cliche all the time. People say it. Don't ever give up. Always keep fighting. Yeah. It sounds cliche, but you know what? That's fact, man. If you don't give up on your dreams and you work hard to try to achieve your dreams. You never know where you're going to be. We, we always say um, uh, work towards perfection and fall towards greatness. Yep, chase perfection and fall to greatness. That's that's it, man. Like, don't let anything kind of derail you. You know, I love stories like this. Um, again, I wish I can pull up this this freaking video for this this uh, him talking to his mom, but it ain't linking up right right now. Yeah. But it's just incredible, man. That, that's what got me, him yeah. talking to his mom. Because I can think about moms is there for you ever. You know, and if you don't got your mom with you right now, I, I you know, because they're they're no longer with us, R.I.P. to your moms because it, it that's your earth, man. That's that's yeah. where you come from, right? Like that's usually a lot of a lot of people's lives and one of the most important people in their lives. And so to to be able to see him share that moment with his mom and be like, you see her joy, you know, yeah, think about me, all she's been through. Yeah, for me, it's the it's the perseverance in his story, right? How he just continued to push through like that right there, man, just gives me chills and gives me inspiration to do whatever I ever thought I could do in life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like regardless of whether I'm in my older years or not right now, yep. you know what I mean? Like he just makes you feel like you can. Yeah. In baseball years, he's in his older years. Like you said, 10 years of anything. I think if you're a plumber or you're an electrician for 10 years, you can you get be considered a master electrician, yeah. master plumber. I mean, to one, I, I wonder if there was times where he's sitting there like, I don't know if this is ever going to happen. Yeah. I mean, there, I'm sure there's countless people out there that have been in his same situation that didn't pan out. Right. You know, so like. They felt the dream was going to happen. So, you know, with him, there had to be something that just was like, I'm going to keep pushing. Yeah, it's incredible, man. Um, speaking of incredible, before we get into our next our next topic, because that's a that's a big one, and I'm excited to talk about that one. Yeah, the UFC fights last night, man. That last fight, that Usman fight, was another story of, of perseverance, right? Bro, I'm telling you, like it happened so quickly. Like I had to catch the replay. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> we were like kind of shuffling some things around, cleaning up after our draft or whatever, and and uh, I just heard the. The eruption <laughs> turned and looked and seen the stiff arms. You know, oh, he was out. Yeah, he, like, was, he out. was awake, but he was out. Yeah, like, it was it was weird because he was like halfway out, kind of like he was out, but like you said, awake. Dude, shout out to old boy because Lord knows he could have probably jumped on him and got a couple more punches in. Oh, but he knew the minute it. He the minute he knew and everyone Her else Dean knew, knew like yeah the minute that kick made contact bro it, he was done there's no way he was escaping that like there's gonna be a trilogy now like shout out to Usman because honestly he was on his way to winning that fight oh yeah he was controlling that still fight, the goat and and he got caught you know what I mean yep. it happens to everybody if you're out there you try to say oh I never. You're bullshitting. Yeah, you're out there enough, everybody. you're going to get caught with yeah. something. Yeah, he got slept, bro. I was, I, I told you, I was fidgeting around my phone, watching it on my phone because it got home. It was kind of late. And, man, I, I, what? 
what happened? Yeah, like, for sure. Rock the jaw. You know, great, great fight though. Super excited when you get good fights like that and good, amazing outcomes like that. He four oh four into the fifth round, and there's literally less than a minute left. This guy's on the uh, what looks like a losing, losing, and the the uh, commentators are talking about how he might just be happy with getting out of here with a decision and you know a decision loss, and it might just be you know he's content with that. And then boom, lightning strikes and and. Yeah, Usman's sleeping. It's what a crazy fight, man. But it goes to show you again, like the last story we just talked about. You keep pressing through, you keep fighting, you keep swinging, you keep kicking. Whatever you got to do to get there, man. This this Edwards kid just just reached the pinnacle, and he just probably accomplished one of his biggest dreams. Yeah, but also on that card, bro. How about the crazy ending to to Rockhold and Acosta? Right, the I way- didn't see it. Oh, you were were you gone by that time? I was gone by then, dude. I didn't see the I didn't see that the Rockhold fight. Bro, you have to tune back in and watch the way watch it, it ends. I mean, shout out to Rockhold and his amazing career. He's been doing it forever. He literally at the end said, I'm too fucking old. I'm done. I'm too fucking <laughs> Did old. Did he lose? He lost. Oh. By decision, you know, it was a great fight, but he was bleeding from the mouth, right? Yeah. And he was on the ground, but turned and was able to gain top position. And from top position, just started rubbing his face against Acosta's face, and there was blood everywhere. Oh, it was weird. It was like it was almost like a warrior ritual that he did. It was the, the craziest thing that we've seen. Everybody in the party had their own little feeling about it. Some were grossed out. Some were like, "What am I watching?" It was crazy, bro. But I recommend you go back and check that out because he definitely shared some. Some DNA with them. There was a bigger story that came out. Shout out to DNA. <laughs> you like how I did that? Huh? <laughs> there was a bigger story that came out yesterday at the UFC fights that I wanted to ask you quickly about and see what you thought about oh. d- about Dana White saying that he helped broker a deal for Tom Brady and Gronk to play in Las Vegas in 2020. Yeah, it was. It was said. It was and that Gruden much, nixed it. It was done, but Gruden, you know, decided to not go with it or whatever the case may be. But you know, everything happens for a reason. You know what I mean? It well, is what it is. I'm not going to harp on it too much, but damn. Yeah, it's funny because he <laughs> was, that was one of the places he was rumored. Yeah. You know, and it. Well, it, it was weird because it was like it was like rumored, but then not. And then it got quiet. Heavily talked about. Like, yeah. It was like it was like a big rumor and then nothing. Yeah. So. You sad? Sucked. You think you would have got you guys might might have been the Buccaneers instead of the Buccaneers? Oh, definitely. There's yeah. no doubt in my mind that we would have been in the Super Bowl if we had Tom Brady. No doubt in my mind. Not one, not one defensive back doubt in your mind. <laughs> nope, not at all. I, although you know Tampa's defense is legit, right? You know what I mean. So they got there again because he of got to a, a good combination. Team. You know, he was in the right fit. Yeah, so it happened. It worked out the best for everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean. Like right now, we're in a good situation. Yep. You know what I mean. We're going to be competing for that bowl this year. So well, I just again, saw that. I'm not going to hurt. I seen it yesterday too, and I was just like, ah. I saw it. I thought about you, and I thought about my cousin Lorenzo. He yeah. listens all the time. Shout out, cuz. He texted me yesterday wanting to get into some action with the Raiders and Dolphins because we have an annual. Every time they play, we have a bet. And I've been winning that bet a lot lately. I lost last year, which kind of sucks. And I would have lost yesterday, but I don't bet on preseason games. Yeah. But uh, he's a big Raider fan, too. So you guys, uh, you know, you guys like to talk about the glory years. I just wonder. How you would have felt rooting for Tom Brady after the after after the yeah, that's a game and, and then that's probably why Gruden mixed it. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. it's probably like fuck though. <laughs> man, we got screwed by that guy a few years back. I don't want to bring him on this team. Yeah, man. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yo, you know what I wanted to get into is it's that time we said it earlier. Smiles but, oh. in the air. Football's in the air. Let's go. Top 25 high school matchups have started. Okay. Right? This My game of the week for this week is number six, Bishop Gorman. Out of Las Vegas. Out of Las Vegas versus number two, Matter Day out of California. Santa Ana, California, I believe, mm. to be specific. Bishop Gorman won big in their opener, beating Corner Canyon 42-7, while Matter Day steamrolled West Salt Lake City 42-0 on their way to defending their national title. Quarterback Elijah Brown threw for five TDs, improving to 18-0 in his high school career. Golly. 18-0? 18-0 in his high school career. That boy ain't took an L yet. 
he's special, man. And this program is special. We yeah. all know about the program. Yeah. And so is Bishop, Bishop Garmin. Yeah, these are two perennial and, powerhouses, man. And they're a powerhouse as well. And they have a senior cornerback. He's committed to Hawaii, who also plans to build off of his week one performance that he got a pick six. So it's going to be an exciting game to watch, man. I'm in tune for it. It goes down Friday, August 26th at 7 p.m. You know, if you have access to watch it, I recommend you watch it. You know, it's going to be very, very exciting to see both these teams kind of slug it out a little bit. You know, I think it's going to be it's going to be truly a, a great game to see. When you talk about the comparisons of the two, you know, they're great. They have Elijah Brown at quarterback. You know, Marcus Brown plays for them as well. They're great teams. You talk about their their uh, commitment to excellence in their program, you know, and what they do year in and year out to recruit and and kind of bring in athletes and and, and, and coach them up to be great college recruits as well. It's just amazing to see well, that, their that, progression. Them schools kind of kind of kind of recruit themselves, you yeah. know, and and they're they're great schools. I mean, them, you know, always perennial at the top 10 nationally at the end of the year, you know, you get like South Lake Carroll, you know, gets yeah. mentions. IMG. IMG, you know, there's there's good football played in, in California, Texas, and Florida, but to see schools like Bishop Gorman, you know, they're, they're making a say about it. Uh, you get some of these schools out in the, uh, in like Pennsylvania and Ohio and not that still make a pretty good ruckus. And, you know, locally, I'd like to think that maybe Cherry Creek can start getting up there. Oh, Cherry you know? Creek's definitely up there. They've been competing the last couple of years and they actually have a game coming up shortly with, uh, a, a Number one team from uh, Cleveland as well. So, oh, nice, nice, nice. You know, they're they're we, we kind of touched on it last week. They're on that mission for four four yeah. in a row. Yeah, um, we used to see Valor always go up and play against some of these other good teams. I think uh, Cherry Creek went and played like Chandler High School in Arizona last year, which is another yeah. perennial top, top twenty five team all yeah. the time. So, uh, it's cool, man. Like. I, I like that high school fo- football gets more more attention in terms of national stuff now that um, you know the internet and you know you 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 can watch these games you can go pull up these games you know and and check them out so yeah for sure we got you know like I said game of the this week again is Bishop Gorman and Matter Day the twenty sixth and then. The week after that, we're having Cherry Creek going out to Cleveland to play e- the Eagles. Nice. You know, and it's going to be great to see them go out there and play St. Edwards. St. Edwards is, again, a powerhouse team from Cleveland. You know, I was talking with one of my buddies at work. He's from Cleveland, and he may be going back home to check this game out. And it's pretty excited, man. I, I think they are a top 25 team. They're number 24 right now. Yeah, they're number 24 nationally ranked. We're number 45. But, you know, I think, again, like you said, we're going up for our fourth state title. Yep. Um, our. Yeah, our. <laughs> I speak of our because it's, you know, Colorado versus everybody. Amen. When it comes to football, you know how we get down. But, uh, you know, shout out to Dave Logan and what he's done and any school that he's ever touched. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he just goes in. Championships and he, he everywhere. He turns them around. He yep. breeds championship football. What, A-West, Chaffield. Mullen. Yeah, you can't you can't name Colorado football without mentioning nah, Dave Logan. Not at all. Um, so shouts out to him and everything he does for all of our local athletes and and you know we're all rooting for you when you go out to Cleveland to take that dub. Real quickly, coach, top ten nationally. You got number one St. John Bosco, number two yep. Matter Day, number three St. Francis Academy out of Baltimore, yep. number four IMG Academy, number five St. Thomas Aquinas out of Fort Lauderdale, number six the aforementioned Bishop Gorman, uh, number seven Westlake, number eight Chandler, number nine Centennial Corona, and then number ten North Shore out of Houston. So always, it's always a. Uh, it's always a, a tough one to see who's going to end up on top because a lot of these teams will never play each other, yeah. and you have to kind of go off of, like, watching them play common foes or watching them play highly ranked teams. And without the benefit of the doubt of actually having a national tournament, you kind of never know. But it's exciting, man. I love seeing I love seeing the hype for high school football in this, in this country. And, you know, 
I think high school football is where it's at in terms of the passion, bro. It's probably the most purest football. Although you get up on these upper levels, there's a lot of politics that go into play and make you wonder sometimes who, what kind of backroom of deals and arrangements are made. But I think high school football is the purest form of football besides like peewees, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. And and again, it's it's just fun to watch, you know? It's fun to watch every level of football. At its highest level, yep. you know what I mean. Whether it's youth and you're watching all these teams that travel nationally and they're playing each other, you know, or it's high school and you're seeing the perennial top twenty-five go at yep. each other, you know, or collegiate or you know playoff football in the NFL. It's it's just fun, man. I love the game of football. I'm excited that it's back, and I'm excited to watch it on all levels. We spent, you know, talking locally. We just had Coach AJ and, and Wheat Ridge. They were playing with our Nevada Central Spartans. Spartan team. Yeah, that was you know, a top ten matchup. It was a top ten matchup. You know, it didn't turn out the way that we wanted to, but early. You know, sometimes sometimes that's the way it happens. You know, well, it, sometimes that's what inspires your season to like, yo, get your focus. Like, let's get this shit right. Yeah, you know? lessons. Yep. Right, their lessons. Shout their out to billionaires, junior buffs. I mean, they all play. They all, they all, they all ball, and yep. they've all been playing all these other teams from out of state and whatnot. So it's exciting to see the the youth start getting ready to go and get it popping. We've seen some high school games. I think Northfield yep. beat GW last uh, either yesterday or Friday night. Yeah, which is you know, damn, high school ball's already here. Like yep. it's wild, man. I'm excited for it. I know you're excited for it. Shout out to North. They had like three three scrimmages that they did against yep. uh, Aurora Cent- or excuse me, Littleton, Littleton, Lincoln, Lincoln, and, Lincoln and um, what's the one in Commerce City? Um, Adam City, Adam City, and uh, they talking to a couple of their coaches. They didn't give up a touchdown. Yeah, and in, in any of the scrimmages, and they were they looked on. So yeah, man, and Frankie was out there dropping dimes, bro. <laughs> I saw that Frankie I'll was dropping all those videos. Shout out, little Frankie Dardano, man. Yeah, Frankie Dardano out there dropping dimes. You Listen, know? if that kid's not on your radar, if you follow high school sports in Colorado, especially, and that kid's not on your radar, you you better get that kid on your radar. Um, I mean, he's just a football player, dude. And he's—I know you've coached him when he was when he was a kid. Um, I've had an opportunity to to be his offense, uh, be an offensive line coach on the team when when he was our quarterback last year and the year before that. And the kid's a baller, man. He's got heart. Yeah. I mean, he's got freaking heart like none other, and he's not afraid to stick his nose in there. Yeah, and and that goes for you know, these kids go to schools. You know, and that might not be the Christian Ballards or the Pomonas or the Mullins of, yep. of, of the world, you know, but they go to schools that, that mean something to them and, and they're still great athletes and they're still out there competing and they're still ranked amongst all these kids yep. that go to all those top-notch schools because they continue to put in the work and the athlete makes the success, you know yep. what I mean? The Cream always rises to the top. On. So shout out to Frankie Dardano coming into his junior season, you know, yep. balling out, balled out last year, finished. Top of the Bro. passing leaders, you know, and I anticipate that he's going to do the same again this can, year. So. Can I talk my shit real quick, coach? Go ahead, coach. Our offense last year Go averaged ahead, damn near forty points a game. I think we're like thirty nine point nine. So fuck it, I'm going to say forty points a game. Talk, coach. Right, man. We put it on the. We lit up the scoreboard a lot last year. Yes, we did. And a big part of that, Frankie Dardano. Yes, sir. He knows how to manage games. Dude, he we we were getting our ass. We got our ass kicked against Lutheran that yeah. one game. It was yeah. rough, but you know who's out there in the fourth quarter, still trying to make plays, still trying to score touchdowns, giving his all, trying to take his team. Yeah, Frankie Dardano, because you know why? He understands that them little moments, even though in a loss, them little moments matter the most. Because yeah. you fast forward a few weeks later when we're playing Lincoln, or yeah. excuse me, Kennedy. We're playing Kennedy in a highly contested game, and the top, top, arguably the top two quarterbacks in three A. Yep, right at the time. Yep, and he knows that he needs to give it his all the whole game. He can fall back on the fact that he's done that his entire season because that's what he did. And when it came down to it, I know the play. I know the play that won the game was a defensive play that I helped kind of coach up. Yeah, shout out to Coach <laughs> Al on that. <laughs> um, but. He wasn't afraid to go 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 blow for blow with them, bro. Nah. And that quarterback, he was not afraid to go blow for blow with them. Well, yeah, man. You know what? And shout out to Isaac Cisneros as well over yep. at Kennedy. Yep. Um, you know, going into that game, you know, talking a lot with Frankie, I know it was a, a lot of comparisons. And yeah. a lot of people saying how, 
you know, Isaac was above him and this yeah. and that. And if you know Frankie, like I know Frankie, he's a competitor. Yeah. You know, he has great sportsmanship. You know, he's very respectful, very coachable, but he's a competitor and he wants to win by any means necessary. And he's going to do whatever it takes to show his teammates that he's willing to put the game on his back and he's willing to go to war with them. Yeah. And going into that game, hearing everybody kind of, you know, Isaac Cisneros this, Isaac Cisneros that. Yeah. Kind of put a little chip on his shoulder. And and he went out there and he played a great game. Isaac had a great game Yeah, as they, well. both, they both bought out. They both did what they did. Yep. You know, shouts out to these DPS quarterbacks still at both DPS schools, but both were on the top of the – yeah, it was a great game, man. List at the end of the season, so that kid had no quitting him, man. And I appreciate coaching him last year. Um, I know they're going to have a great year this year, and yeah. I know they're going to have. He's going to find a lot of success personally, just based off of who he is as an athlete yeah. and as a person. He's a good kid, man. He's a great, great kid. Comes from a great family. Yeah. Um, just excited to see what he does. So I know that's kind of impromptu, but. Hey, Shout out, though, out, because... Have him on the podcast one of these days, too. For sure, for sure. So, um, before we get out of here, Dom... Yeah. We got the mailbag, bro. Got a couple of questions. Um, All right. So, I'll go first with it. Um, Coach Dom. What's up? What qualities do you prefer in a pass rusher, and what goes into evaluating an athlete to find out which type of pass rusher they fall under? Well... You know, I think a lot of things go into it, you know, but just to touch base on a few of them, I look for high motor, quick feet, accurate hands, aggression, you know, coachable. It sounds very cliche, but all the small things really, truly matter, right? Stance, get off, hand placement, footwork, pad level, and speed, size, strength, and ability. That's all goes into play when you're talking about what you're looking for in, in a certain pass rusher. Nice, nice. And, for, and then for you, you know, um, they had a question. What do the best offensive lines that you've coached or that you've witnessed have in common? Me. No, just <laughs> <laughs> no I think um, the one thing that they've had in common was they all – found a way to work above their ability at times. Yeah. And that's an important one because sometimes, yo, we're limited on the the gifts that God has given us, right? We might not have the quickest feet or we might not have, you know, we might not be the strongest, but there's always ways to kind of help yourself in the game, work around those situations, whether it be if I'm not super strong, I play sound technique. If I'm not super strong, I got quick feet, quick hands, and I'm able to get on the defender, before he gets his hands on me. Um, maybe I'm just a really smart athlete and I know where I'm supposed to be. And so I might not be the fastest, but I know how to get there faster than you because yeah. I know a better angle. Um, I think they they all have that and that they were very coachable in common. And ones that I've had that I've been successful with and the ones that stuck through and finished the year as starters, they were all coachable. They were all willing to work and willing to hear me out. Even if they thought they knew better, they would listen and understand that I might have a different perspective than they, than they do, um, especially seeing it from the box, seeing it from the sideline, seeing it on film. Um, they've all been receptive to that, and I think that goes a long way in having a successful offensive line. It's not just about being the biggest, the strongest. It's about working your ass off in practice to know – who you're supposed to slide to and and if a blitz is showing, know, you know, where we're going in the run game, knowing how, knowing the best angle to attack a defender to set up your block. Um, All that stuff's found out in practice. And to have a group that was always willing to put in the work and to shut up and listen, that that, those were always my my most successful ones. Can I kind of answer that from a defensive perspective a little bit for you? Why don't you? Um, cause you're kind of, you're kind of beating around the bush, but saying it, but not saying it. And in my opinion, being your counterpart coaching against you for all these years, um, I believe a lot of your best offensive line were due to the fact that they communicated well together and they played in unison. Those lines that you got to you know, you got them to be able to communicate, like you said, blitz recognition, slide yeah. protection, things like that. They've communicated at a high level, and 
and you know they moved in unison while communicating those have been our best offensive lines in my opinion and and shouts out to you for getting high school kids to be able to do that you know because sometimes we know that the attention span isn't the the greatest Uh, you know i would love to take all the credit for that because that just would be awesome but i can't and it's it's having good kids now what i will take credit for is understanding the room a little bit and understanding who i have and who i can put out there to kind of be a leader amongst that group yeah and that's one thing i feel like i've been good at in in finding is like when i had josiah at center Mm -hmm. you know he was a vocal leader he's a good leader donnie yeah he's a great leader on that offensive line um i think that makes my job easier yeah you know jose sandoval and Lance, when they were communicating, it, it made my job easier to have kids that know what the expectations are, but also can relate with everyone else on the t- on the squad. Yeah. This is what we're supposed to be doing. And it, you see the same thing with your defense alignment. Yeah. You guys talk all the time. You guys have an understanding. But, again, it all goes back to practice. Yeah. And when we put that work in practice and we're installing, they're not bullshitting when it comes to the install. They're listening to what they're supposed to be looking for what they're supposed to be talking about, where they're supposed to be sliding. Your guys are looking at where they're supposed to be coming out, how quick and precise their their, their crosses are supposed to be, yeah. how they get to that, that next level and find the ball. You know, um, I think all that hard work that goes on in practice that is underappreciated is where it's all ganged at. Because when you get to the football game, you're not learning new shit. When you get to the football game, you're reacting to what you practice all week long. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of what you're looking for, Coach, Ah. everybody needs to go out there and take a look out and check out Arsenal Custom Apparel. You know, they're definitely out there doing their thing, putting out great, great merch. So check out Arsenal Custom Apparel, Rebel Promotions, Black Sevens, Janet's Catering, and, of course, dnasportsdenver.com. Book a session. Check us out on all social media platforms. Check out our YouTube. Check out everything. We're out there, man. Book your session today, dnasportsdenver.com. Coach, it's about that time of the of the podcast where we're finishing up, man. We, yeah. We're done. I mean, it's been a great episode. If you didn't tune into this one or you're just tuning in now, then I don't know. That's moot. If you didn't tune into the ones before this, excuse me, <laughs> please go play catch up like relish. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Uh, we've got some great things that we talk about. We have great interviews with Brandon Bennett, uh, Elias Zarati. Um, we talk football. We talk life. We talk everything. There's no topic that we don't talk about. Make sure you share our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter. Go on YouTube. Subscribe. Go hit the website. Push them numbers up. Push the listens up, man. We're getting to we're getting to where we want to be, but we can be better with it. Um, Coach, any shout outs before we leave? Yeah, man. Shout out to the whole organization, the Wheat Ridge Vikings Youth Organization, man. We're out there. We're putting in that work. We're going to come out for Jeff Cole and everybody in Jeff Cole. We're coming for you this year. Yeah. You understand? We're out there. We're doing our things. Hey, and we have a horseshoe tournament yep. next Saturday. Check us out. It's at 2 p.m. Edgewater Elementary is also known as Citizens Park. Come out. We have food music BYOB BYOB we got raffles going on I'm gonna go get a TV we have several things going on man a lot of fun support your youth teams out there all over your neighborhoods shout out coach AJ coach Hannah coach Escobedo coach David Romero coach Frank Dardano um Coach Tiff. Coach Tiff. Rob Tiff. What up, boy? Come come uh, hit that mailbag with some great info. Um, info. Uh, DNA Sports forward slash ask DNA. If you guys want to be a part of the, 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 the conversation, suggest topics, suggest what we're missing, suggest sporting events we should go check out. Maybe we're yeah. not covering a sport you want us to cover. Also, DNA Sports Go book up a session. Let's get that work in. Let's make you a better athlete. Hell, if you just want to get some exercise in, man, we we got resistance bands training. We got speed and agility training. We got stuff that'll get you lighter on your feet. Whatever you want to do, man. We appreciate y'all for supporting. For Coach Al, Coach Dom. We're out. Yo.